You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, In Him. Enjoy. Of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding Him more fully and clearly. That is why we get up in the morning. If this is not your reason for getting up in the morning, I want to challenge you to change that today. Verse 10, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. When this, when knowing him, becomes the focus of your life, fear, anxiety, worry, terror are defeated forever. When this becomes the motivation and focus of your life. So our motivation is not to have a great church, a great ministry, to save the world, because we can't do that. Only Christ can. Our motivation is to know him. Our motivation is not to make a great name for ourselves, to live the American dream. It's to know him. And this is a, a huge shift, paradigm shift, if you're not used to this. I'm still getting used to it. It's taken me about 20 years to get used to this shift. Because <laughs> I was, grew up not knowing him, and I was really proactive, and I wanted to just go and do and go and do and go and do and go and do and go and do more. But he wants us to know him, to know him. The, okay, let's not get ahead. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Let's look at the words of Jesus regarding the end times. When knowing Christ is a focus of your life, fear is defeated. Panic cannot operate in your life anymore. Matthew 24, Jesus, our Lord, the one who we've built our lives upon, the one that we get up in the morning to know, is talking. Verse 3, Matthew 24, says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For Jesus to give us such a warning means it's possible for us to be deceived. So we have to be aware and look out for that, right? Take heed, be on guard, be aware, be alert that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, not my spirit, in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Verse six, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled how can you be not troubled in the midst of wars you're abiding in him 
It's not possible any other way. See that you are not troubled. To Jesus, this is a priority for you. Don't be deceived and don't allow yourself to be troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. If you read the the account of different martyrs over the history, you'll find there are men who were burned at the stake because they wanted the Bible to be distributed to people. By the church, they were burned, the so-called church, right? They they were persecuted and burned by, by men who called themselves the church. In the name of God, they were burnt. See, they did things in his name, but it wasn't by his spirit. It wasn't God at all. God was behind the one on the stake, right? Saying, I want my word to spread. And there are testimonies and accounts as they were burning, they were singing and smiling. Not possible any other way, but through trusting him. Death, we're not afraid of that in any way, shape, or form at any time for any reason ever. Right? Then they will deliver you up to tribulation to kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake, and then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Isn't this pretty? Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, and he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel, what's the gospel? John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Are we recording, by the way, Judah? Good, thank you. Shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. This good news about what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ, will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Let's jump down to verse 35 for time's sake. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Did you know that? It's true. Yeah. It's all going to pass. Not even a memory of it will remain. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. His words don't even uh, grow dim over time. But of that day and hour knoweth only pastors. No. Knoweth who? Nobody. No man. No, not the angels of heaven but my Father only. Can't tell you how many times I've heard over the years ministers declaring when the end was coming. Some even giving a month and a day. So what do you know when you hear that? That's not God. That's not God talking. Don't be deceived. I remember, and I shared this with you before, it's just one of the examples that stands out. You know, uh, the fall of 1999, the Y2K, there was a big scare going on. I remember large, well-known ministries on TV encouraging people to get canned goods and buy water because at the stroke of midnight on January 1st, everything was going to change on the earth. And I laughed. I thought, this is 
not the Spirit of God. It was done in His name. They meant well, but it wasn't His Spirit. And I, I just thought, how sad this is. Do they spend time with Jesus? Do they, have they read this? <laughs> they, what were they doing? Putting fire, wood on the fire of fear, right? And a lot of people follow that. I didn't. I went to bed and woke up the next day and had breakfast and continued going on with my life. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. This is Jesus talking, right? We go with Jesus at Highway Church. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also. Oh, I'm so glad for Jesus. The coming of the Son of Man be. They'll be eating, drinking, marrying until the moment he comes. Then shall two be in the field, right? One who's put their faith in Jesus, one who hasn't. The one who's put their faith will be taken away, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill or working at stop and shop, right? The one who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, her, her register is going to be closed, right? She's gone, right? And there's going to be people wondering what's happened. The other one's going to be there, right? Two women grinding at the meal. Verse 42, watch therefore, be alert, take heed, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. If, if he told people that, people would be acting crazier than they are now. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Fear will give the enemy an opening in your life to break up your house. Don't allow him to do it. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. No doubt we're in the end days. Although we don't know the day or the hour, we certainly know the season and the signs of the times. It is the end days. No doubt about that. He may come today at 1.30. I don't know. All right? But how do we prepare and how do we get ready for him coming? What do we do? Go to the gym? I don't know. Join a, a mission team and go to a foreign country? The best way, I believe really the only way to prepare and to be ready for his coming is by making our relationship with him the focus of our lives. Philippians 3.8 and Philippians 3.10. Nothing will prepare you more than that. Making knowing him the focus and motivation of everything you do. That doesn't mean you're going to be out, you know, preaching to stadiums of people. I don't know, you may or may not. It's up to him, but you're letting him lead and guide you. You're not coming up with your own strategy to save people. You're let, because our goal in life is not to save people. It's to know him. There's a difference. I was talking with a friend of mine who worked for a major ministry for five years and was just exhausted if they did 60 hours a week, that was considered too few. 
60 to 80 hours a week, and they, the pressure was put on them. We've got, the world is going to hell, and we've got to do this, and we've got to do that. They were doing a lot of things in the name of Jesus, but not by his spirit. Incidentally, that ministry fell apart because they were so, you can get into this flesh mode, even as a Christian, of what I've got to do, what I've got to do, what I've got to do. Oh, this is good. Let's look what Jesus said. Well, let's look at 2 Peter, and then we'll look at this. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promises. He's slow to anger. We looked at that last week, remember? He's slow to anger, but he's not slow about his promise. What promise is the Holy Spirit talking about here through Peter? The promise to come again, right? That's the promise he's talking. Jesus said, I'm coming back, right? First time he came was as the Lamb of God. Now he's coming back as the Lion of Judah, right? The Lord's not slow about his promise. Come on. It's been so long. As some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works, all of its great plans and strategies, will be burned up. Verse 11, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be? in holy conduct and godliness, looking for, and what's it say? And hastening, this translation says, looking for, I mean, speeding up, accelerating the coming of the day of God. We can accelerate and hasten the day of God. Wow, is that great news? Because we're not holding on to anything in this world. I am very grateful for the amazing marriage and family I have, but man, we're ready to go to heaven. Now, Amen. now, right now, I'm ready, man. We're talking about absolute God, yes. no interference, right? War over, baby, paradise forever, right? Music you've never even imagined you're going to hear, right? Businesses you've never even imagined are going to be there. Businesses, yeah. Where, sure, God has things that he wants to, to produce, through you. That's not just something for this life. It's for, for, for ages to come. So if you have the gift of business, you'll be employing that in heaven as well. So how do you hasten his coming? How do we accelerate the day of the Lord coming? Same way that we prepare for his coming. By making knowing him the priority of our lives. Same way. By making our relationship with him the passion of our lives. We hasten his coming. John 14. Let's look at some more words of Jesus. John 14, 27. I just can't get enough of this Jesus, Messiah, death-defeating, healing, delivering God. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now, hold on, I'm going too fast here. Peace, what is that word in the Greek? Arine, which is the equivalent of shalom in Hebrew. Right? What does it mean? Untroubled, 
undisturbed well-being. That's how the Amplified translates it, or wholeness, prosperity. So Jesus says, well-being, untroubled, undisturbed well-being, I leave with you. My own well-being, I now give and bequeath to you. Wow. Not as the world gives. How's the world give? With strings attached, right? Manipulate you by, through the gifts they give. No, not as the world gives do I give to you. Look at this now. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Amen. Neither let them be afraid. So whose decision is it? Mine, right? If my heart's troubled, I allowed it to be troubled. God has given us control over our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. And it's up to us to tell our bodies, our hearts, and our minds what to do and how to behave. God can't do that for you. Don't allow anxiety to be your friend. You rebuke fear. You rebuke anxiety. And you speak the word of God over your heart, your mind, and your body. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated. <laughs> We're going to have a wider screen next week, so you'll be able to see everything. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves. Do you know when you're renovating your home or doing anything nowadays, what do you have to do? You have to go to the town and get a permit. Right. So when you want to change something, you need permission to do it. It says, do not permit yourselves to be agitated, disturbed. See, Satan wants you to give him a permit in your life so that he can renovate you. So they can take out this wall and put in a, a big hole, you know, that he can turn your bedroom, your room of rest into a room of frustration and fear. Don't give him the permit to do that. Don't permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Man, that's, that's a whole meal right there, isn't it? Whew. How about you eat that this week? All right? Get it to go. Take it with you. John 14, 27, the Amplified. Just eat that this week. Let's look at one more of Jesus in, in John 16, 33 in the Amplified. goes right with this one. So we read, we read a bunch of words of Jesus here, as much as we have time for, Matthew 24, Second uh, Peter, John 14. Here's John 16. I have told you these things so that you can make stained glass windows and build cathedrals. No, nope. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect irene, perfect, untroubled, undisturbed well-being, and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation, trials, distress, frustration, but be of good cheer. In the midst of wars and terrorist attacks, be of good cheer. Yeah, because of what I've told you. 
take courage, be courageous, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. Why? For I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you, and I've conquered it for you. Wow, is that good? So see, when this becomes the focus of your life, fear's done. When you're eating John 14, 27 and John 16, 33, when that becomes your diet, fear's defeated in your life. If fear's not defeated, it's because you haven't been eating right. You need to eat some more John 14, 27, some more John 16, 33. This is the health food that you need, your heart, your mind, and your body to experience the well-being he came to give you. So even though I'm ready to go to heaven, I'm not going to go right now because I have a mission. Okay? I mean, I'd rather be there right now because this this time is passing quickly, but I, 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 I choose to be here now because there are many people that need to know him. And I want to fulfill his destiny for my life, right? I want to go all the way. I want to finish my race. So fear's defeated in our lives when knowing him, not knowing religion, knowing him is our focus. And your significance on this earth, your destiny is revealed when knowing Christ is your focus. So many people are trying to find their significance in life. They're looking for validation from other people. So as a result, they get involved in a lot of things because they want affirmation from others to say, you're doing a good job. Thanks for doing that. And they're not finding their significance and their life purpose by spending time with Jesus. Check this out in Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. This is life-changing. So our, our significance in this earth, our life purpose, our destiny is unveiled as we spend time with Christ, as we make knowing him our purpose. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Here's Jesus again, our hero, right? He went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Now, verse 14. <laughs> I love this. And you can't read this fast now. Don't read the Bible fast. God's not in a hurry. It just takes a moment. One word from God can change the rest of your life. We're not in a hurry. <sighs> then he appointed 12. Why did he appoint them? What was his primary reason for calling them? That they might be with him. Relationship. That was earth-shattering to me when I saw that. I thought it was to save the world. No. That they might be with him. That's the number one reason he saved you so that you could be with him, so that you could develop a a life-producing relationship with him. So 
here's a great question. Don't answer it out loud. But what would you do differently in your life if you knew that Jesus was coming next Sunday at 1 o'clock? It was a known fact revealed in the Scriptures. Jesus is coming on the 22nd of November, 2015, at 1 p.m., 1,300 hours. What would you do differently? You've got a week. The answer to that question reveals your intimacy with him or your lack of intimacy with him. I would do nothing different than I'm doing right now. Why? Because what I'm doing today is the result of 26 years of relationship with him. By spending time alone with him regularly, he has given me his wisdom and direction and shown me my life purpose. So I'm ready. He comes next Sunday, 1 o'clock. I'm going to keep doing what he directs me to do. We're, we're being led by the Spirit. A lot of people say, oh, if he's coming, I'm going to go out and do this. I'm going to, I'm going to try and get That's not relationship. So your answer to that question reveals how intimate you are with him. Are you doing what he's made you to do? And have you come to know that through your time alone with him? There's no shortcut to a relationship with him. You've got to be with him. He's alive. That's why marriage is not a week-long endeavor. It takes a lifetime to marry someone, to experience the depth and joy and benefits of marriage. That's why living together is such a, a farce without being married, right? You can live together and not be married, but you can't be married without living together, right? When you, when you come to this level of relationship, you've got to live together. Talking about Jesus, right? You've got to live with him. Let him show you the best way that you can employ your gifts. Let him prioritize your calendar. So I'm determined not to occupy my calendar with good things, but with Holy Spirit things, with things that the Holy Spirit has led us to do. Because many things have been done in his name, but not by his spirit. All right. So God desires us to live a long life, by the way. Amen. The only time limit which God never wanted to, but he put a time limit on it of 120 years, and he's not revoked that. But time is accelerating. So you look at the life of Paul, and you see different times in his life where he said, I'd rather be in heaven, but for your sakes, I'm choosing to be here. And then later in life, you'll see, he said, my time, I'm finished. I've accomplished what God has called me to do. I'm ready to go, right? So my plan is to go all the way. And if at 103, I'm, I've finished everything God wants me to do, and, and I, then, I, then I'll go. But I don't want to cut short what God wants to do in this earth because of lack of intimacy with him. But regardless of how long we're on the earth, whether it's 120 years, 84 years, our time is 
very brief. So we're not clinging to anything in this world. I think watching the Pats is really fun, but it really doesn't mean much, <laughs> right? It's a fun thing to do and relax, and, 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 and it's, an, it's entertainment. But there's nothing in this world that we're clinging to. So we're not afraid of death. We don't welcome it. It's our enemy. But we know that to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. So regardless of how long we live on earth, our time is short, and we're living in a fallen world that's falling apart. This earth has absolutely nothing for us. Nothing. There's nothing this world has that even begins to compare to knowing him. You could take 10,532 of the greatest days on earth your mind could ever imagine, and if you would compare those to a split second in the presence of God, they're dung. Because he's that good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, We're confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That's our desire. So we're people on a mission, right? We choose to be on this earth so that God can use us to reach as many people we want to reach. Right? We're not checking out early. We choose to go all the way and fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. We resist the enemy. We fight against the devil and his schemes. We rebuke terror. We rebuke acts of terror. We rebuke the enemy. We do spiritual warfare in the name of Jesus Christ, and we are confident. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. The twinkling of an eye. Have you ever time to twinkle of an eye? It's fast. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. No one can stop it. The dead shall be raised, incorruptible, immortal, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, this mortal should have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? So we have this different perspective. Uh, and boy, in times like this, it's good to be aware of what's going on in the world, but there's so many goofballs on TV and on the internet. <laughs> Experts that the world consider just spouting fear. I heard, I was just watching a little bit, getting an update last night, and someone says, what, how in the world could someone ever do something like this? Ignorance person is just showing, I have no idea who God is. I have no idea what the times are we're living in. I don't believe in Satan, right? This person is just spouting off their ignorance. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Hello, we're living on planet earth. We're in the midst of the God of this world's territory. Jesus taught us this, right? It's not a surprise to us, the horrific Acts that take place in the earth because people have given their lives to Satan. They're following him. And there are horrific things going on in the world every day that you don't hear about. Sometimes in homes in Massachusetts. We're not amazed by it. We're, we hate it. But we understand the times we're living in. And we're not afraid of it. We're strong and confident and we take authority over it. Not in our lives. 
not in our homes. The love and peace of Christ reigns in our homes. He is a shield all about us. All right, we're going to wind this up here. Hallelujah. So the meaning and significance of your life is found in him. Let's, let's just read this and we'll be done. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Now also we would not have you ignorant, brethren, about those who fall asleep in death, that you may not grieve for them as the rest do have no hope. That commentator had no hope was completely dumbfounded as to the evil going on in the world, had no knowledge of the times we're living in, had no knowledge of Satan, no knowledge of spiritual warfare, but that's not you. We don't live like the rest do who have no hope beyond the grave. We're, we're wise in the scriptures. We're wise in spiritual matters. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will also bring with him through Jesus those who've fallen asleep in death. For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage at all over those who, previously, who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, with a shout of an archangel, with a blast of the trumpet of God. And those who have departed this life in Christ will rise first. Then we, the living ones, who remain on the earth, it's quite possible that the Lord Jesus will return in our day. Then we, the living ones, shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected dead in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so always, through the eternity of the eternities, we shall be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort and encourage one another with these words. We comfort and encourage one another with the words of Jesus Christ about the times we're living in. We're not afraid. We're purpose-driven people. We're in relationship with him. Every promise is yes and amen in our lives. Hallelujah. We're in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for encouraging us this morning through your word. We actively fight against fear. We actively resist anxiety and worry and panic. And we rest in you. You have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we remain and abide in you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and we ask you to give us wisdom regarding how we spend our time. And we're ready to make any changes you want to make, whether that's quitting a job that we've worked at for 40 years. We're ready. We're ready to follow you. We're ready to walk with you. We're not afraid of lacking in any way because you are our provider. Be glorified in our lives. Show yourself to us. Reveal more of yourself to us today and this week. In your name we pray. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow 
in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.